for the Kenai. I'm here today with Eric and Brett for our 11th episode. And Kobe. Oh, and Kobe. Yeah, Kobe's joining us today oh, on the yeah. mic. So yeah, we're excited. Um, <clears throat> Brett is a chemical dependency counselor at the Serenity Intake Office. Um, Brett, how's it going, man? It's going great today. Going great today? Good, man. We're super excited to hear your story. Um, uh, just to start out, you know, um, where are you from? How was your... How was growing up? Did you like it? Oh, yeah. <laughs> I actually had a great childhood. Um, I was adopted from a Indian reservation in Montana to a family in Alaska. Really? So I was, yeah. Yeah. We're from I'm, Montana. I'm, we're both from Montana. Right. And we both grew up in uh, Hardin, Montana, which right. is on the Crow Agency Reservation. Ah, so the Northern Cheyenne tribe. Okay, yeah. okay. Close. Yeah. yeah. Right down there. I knew, yeah, every time we do a podcast, man, it's like something that comes up right away that's... Like I said before, the whole, the you're like, oh, are you serious? Separation. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> right. yeah. Small okay. world. Really so is. excited to hear about that. That's cool. And so, all right. Sorry to interrupt. Oh, no, you're fine, man. I like this. Yeah. <laughs> so you grew up on the Northern Cheyenne? No, I was born there. I oh, was okay. actually adopted uh, by a family up here. Oh, um, okay. So I lived actually a quarter mile down the road <laughs> from yeah. where we're at right now. Yeah, oh, nice. well, cool. So, yeah, I grew up in this area. Grew up in a really good home. That was pretty young. Yeah, from um, before I was one years old. Okay, oh, cool. So, so here is home, Kenai. Yeah, so that absolutely. Night. Yeah, yeah, whole life. Yeah, I had no siblings. Um, well, I had uh, biological siblings. Uh, nine of them. Oh uh, wow, that's a lot. Yeah, just biologically, um, they've been adopted out um, all over the country. Mm-hmm. So, uh, and then the family I was adopted into, which is my actual family that that I grew up with. Yeah, uh, there was four of them but they were much oh i was a late in life child mm-hmm. late in life adopted child yeah and they're all in their well into their 40s when i was born so for oh, like really? most functioning aspects you were an only child yes yeah i grew okay. up pretty much alone we took in family we were the most stable out of all of our family okay to take in nephews nieces whoever else yeah so because cool. addiction kind of plagued around the majority of my family that i was okay. adopted oh, into really so i wasn't directly around it at all but there were other family members that would come live with you while other family members yes. were unbeknownst in, in to me use. there's a yeah. reason that there were sure. other family you members thought, living oh, with hey. me it was like oh cool we have my niece living with us oh now we have my nephew living with yeah. us oh now we have a family friend living with us and meanwhile your parents were like oh my gosh we <laughs> got a niece living with us yeah. we got a nephew living with us and you're like yeah i niece. loved it yeah, yeah, child yeah totally. loved it. it's crazy like, other than i didn't get attention so <laughs> yeah that's the whole thing so. bummer <laughs> That whole instant yeah, gratification no. part no, of the brain. Yeah. Right. Sure. That started young. Um, growing up, I mean, I really, I wasn't subjected to a lot of the things you hear about with, with a lot of addict stories. I wasn't, there wasn't violence going on around me. There wasn't drugs and alcohol in the home. Mm-hmm. Um, I didn't see any of my parents drink any alcohol until I was 14. Mm-hmm. Wow. And, you know, that's just how I grew up. Mm-hmm. However, there was this thing that happened... Um, early on you know this thing with addiction a lot of addicts relate to being able to uh they don't feel like they belong at all you know uh, and i remember that was one of my first first things i noticed about myself a i didn't look like my parents b kids unbeknownst to themselves are cruel you know just by pointing out simple observations you know like my parents were, were a little older and they're caucasian i'm brown it didn't it didn't jive well with me you know, mm-hmm. but and then being too scared to even bring that topic up because my parents did the best with what they could. However, they never explained anything about, you know, they they tried to make my life as simple as it could be. However, it, yeah. it oversighted a lot of emotions I was dealing with as a child. Yeah. And my mother also um, has multiple sclerosis. Okay. So at a young age, I was thrown into a situation to where I was no longer taking care of. I was in charge of taking care of her. Yeah. So my dad worked. That's a lot of responsibility for a kid. Absolutely. At at four or five years old, realizing that mom's not driving anymore. Mom's doing the best she can. And my mom was a warrior through the whole thing. However, it went from being functional to not functional. Yeah. Yeah. You know, and that was the thing. I didn't know how to talk about it. Didn't, Didn't have people around me all the time to... To do that stuff mm-hmm. and all i saw was i was different yeah that was yeah. the main and thing And regardless of how you know great your home life was that 
thought in your mind ever creep in like man why did i get put up for adoption like was absolutely that, yeah like that's that like one of, of my first things was like yeah. they told me i was adopted and the first thing was why yeah right <laughs> yeah. why yeah why am i singled out no yeah you know, it comes down to the self-centered roots young. of addiction and that's one of those things that that plagued me for the majority of my life that inferiority thing i felt like i always had to work harder than other people you know and i really didn't i didn't have a privileged life but at the same time you know, I didn't have a lot of the things I saw other kids had. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. So, tie this in for us now. Where did you know you're talking about how these things kind of led into your addiction? When did that kind of come to like a nexus point where it you start, actually did start using because of you know these things you mentioned? Well, my, my reaction to substances has been apparent since I was about three or four years old, and I had an ear infection. I was given a um, a medication that the doctor swore I would be passed out within five minutes. And my mother said after hour 12, she finally just closed the door and let me run around in my diaper in my room. Wow. And, and she said there was an odd reaction that you had to this that even when we called the doctor, they said that's, that's weird. Right. You know, yeah. He should yeah. be down. Yeah. <laughs> but he's up and he's running. And, yeah. and that's, yeah. you know, and, and that, of course, that was out of my control at that age. Um, first actual use, I played a lot of sports growing up. I played sports a lot of, ha- a lot of hard, just physical a lot of contact sports mm-hmm. um, ended up breaking my both my arms and my leg. Dude, just I mean nothing extreme. I yeah. mean just stuff that happens when you play football, baseball, things like that. However, yeah. I ended up with a plethora of uh, narcotic pain medication. Yeah, mm-hmm. right. I never took it until I got older, and I, I don't I can't even remember the exact moment where I thought I know a friend and I came up with some good ideas, and he. he basically said that he had this at his house and I realized I had a plethora of that at my house mm-hmm. and realized it, it didn't do this whole it's not like I was I didn't know what it was doing to me all I know is I didn't feel scared of the world anymore yeah mm-hmm. how I, old are you uh first use was 12 okay. when I first took yeah, it and, and yeah. I, I didn't that was a one-time thing I know it made me feel different yeah. I didn't feel sick as I didn't a, take high doses yeah mm-hmm. and as a as a chemical dependency counselor reflecting as you are uh if you were to like you talking about that now i I imagine you're like man i shouldn't have had access to narcotics at 12 i mean i'm not trying to call anything no i understand that. that's probably not good it wasn't talked about yeah Mm it's the other thing about family systems that that you learn um it's a lot of family systems it's not that they're sick or that they're bad Mm -hmm. um uninformed ill-informed yeah is a major term that, that it, it happens a lot that's why the education pushes are, are being put right. around all over the community and i know you're at serenity and, and mm-hmm. i know one thing serenity is really pushing right now or change for the kenai or central peninsula hospital whichever you know title you want to put this under is the safe use storage and disposal mm-hmm. the safe 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 yeah, yeah. yeah of medications and we think like maybe if there was a little more safe 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 going on Went to Ben like, hey, dude, I got some opiates at my house. Oh, you got some opiates at your house? Oh, tight. Let's take opiates together. Yeah. Well, that, that was what it like, was. I mean, simple curiosity yeah. stuff. And the reality is I probably would have figured it out another way. But having open access to something like that at that age in those developmental stages, too. Yeah, you need some barriers. So yeah. what, was it just like leftover? or from I never like, took it. Yeah, yeah. No. So what, was yeah. it just sitting in the cupboard, Literally basically? just sat in the cupboard. Each broken bone that I had, each sprain I had, just anything. It yeah. just, okay, they got them from the doctor, okay. Okay, they're in the cupboard. They're just there. Really? Yeah, education about that. That's a very, very, very common practice mm-hmm. right. all over. And, and it's something yeah. that gets overlooked. At the same time, it's it sets people up. Is yeah, what it yeah, does. No, totally. <laughs> you know? Yeah. And that's, I mean, there's lock boxes now um, that are available for little to no cost mm-hmm. for, for narcotic medication, as well as just having young children in general. Yeah. And it's just a, a good idea to have. Yeah. yeah. So, um, not that that really would have changed anything. Because reality sure. was, I didn't feel okay with myself in yeah, general. No. Um, yeah. That's not like experimentation your... jumped quickly the first time I picked up a drink. Mm, it went. Okay. It wasn't that I loved it, but instant blackout. Sure. First yeah. time I drank with yeah. with the same friend. Yeah. And yeah. Even the first time that the, the people I was drinking with stated that it was. Uh, my reaction was different than theirs. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> they said it got all over you, and we could tell at that point you were you were in it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Whatever level you were on, we weren't there, and we were probably never going to get there. Sure. The reality is most of those guys... You went from zero to 100. Zero to 100. <laughs> and, Real quick. Yeah. 
and everyone knew it. Yeah, I yeah, made sure yeah. of it. Yeah. <laughs> I made sure yeah. of it, and it, it didn't. It it went quickly from. It just I just like not being, not being scared. Yeah, is yeah. what it was. I didn't have I didn't have to act a certain way. I didn't have to feel. I didn't have to pretend I was a certain way. I didn't have to have all these. Not that I had big pressures in my life from the outside, but internally, just had all this stuff going on that that didn't. I didn't know who to talk to about it. I didn't have people who were open about it. And addiction wasn't talked to in my, about it in my family. Yeah. yeah. It, it wasn't. Now it is. Sure, right. <laughs> yeah. Now it is. It's a healthy thing we talk about now, but that had to be taught to my family system. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, however, I was still functional, you know, yeah. still functional, still did school, you know, drank on weekends. This was in high school? Yeah. Yeah. Through, yeah. Through high school. Um, did very, excelled in sports in high school. Yeah. Yeah. Um, what were you playing in high school? Basketball, football, yeah. and then summers was all baseball. Okay. Yeah. So I played, yeah, and, and tried other sports too, but but the big ones were there, and I did very well at them. Mm-hmm. Um, had, had a very large group of friends, but mm-hmm. slowly when they would tell me those like super mean things, like you need to slow down drinking, you're not yeah. fun anymore. A lot of people would look at their actions. My my reaction to that was, I need new friends. Yeah. yeah. And I did that. I did that. I burned a lot of friendships to the ground, and I didn't. Even, I just walked away yeah, with yeah. indifference. Just done. You're not good with what I'm doing. Peace. Walk away. Yeah. You know, and then that's one of those things I look back on, and, and not that it really would have made a big difference. I, I was a hurricane, and that's where it was going. Mm-hmm. So, however, I was really good at being sneaky. <laughs> sure. Later on, you find out that's criminal behavior. <laughs> right. Yeah, I called it sneaky back then. Yeah, I was always able to manipulate situations. Mm-hmm. You know, and at the same time, I had these responsibilities to my family where I still had to, no matter what state I was yeah. in, I still drove mom to You're church. Still, okay, and you it still had to go there. Yeah, you know, had to at least get mom next. Mom couldn't drive. Yeah, those were and, and trying to balance that stuff. I realized that my my world quickly shifted to. My, switching everything around my substance use mm-hmm. is just everything revolved around it yeah so i mean everything school was just a, a way to get more yeah. you know everything else i had to time around making sure i had x amount of stuff you know um so was uh you mentioned that you had alcohol was that was that like available in your house or like how did you get access to it did you just have friends buy it or <clears throat> no uh my friend's dad liquor cabinet oh okay yeah, yeah. that was right his dad worked shift work, so... Mm. Oh, okay, yeah, that makes so, sense. Yeah, dad was gone, just went over there. Right. Had no idea how to do it, <laughs> nor was the topic of alcohol and drugs talked about, period. Right. Not that it needs to be by every single household, but the reality was it was one of those topics within the family system that said, no, 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 we don't even acknowledge that. We don't even bring it up. If there's one, on, If there's something on the TV we don't like, we just change the channel. Yeah. Right. You know, lack of communication. It sounds like there's a lot of avoidance. A lot of avoidance. Yeah. And, and it was, you know, the motives behind it were, were pure. I mean, they yeah. wanted to kind of try to shield me from whatever they could, so I didn't take the path that a lot of my other family members had in their past. Mm-hmm. However, not talking about it left that door wide open Yeah, for me to fill the gaps in with, you know. And as a counselor today, what would you, what do you, what are some of the thoughts you have on like family systems where um, addiction is prevalent? Because um, it sounds like not to fill in, not to speak for you, but it sounds like maybe avoidance isn't the best option. No, you know? not at all. What? So what would what would you say about establishing that, you know? a healthy communication system? Okay. Doesn't mean that you look the other way if if your child tells you something. But I know we do this with our kids, where no matter what they do, they can talk to us about it. Sure. Mm-hmm. There's nothing that, and establishing, and the reality is not assume your child feels safe and comfortable with it. M- creating the environment for them to be, and developing those communication systems to where no one's hiding anything. Mm-hmm. And age appropriate too. Right? Yeah, age yeah, appropriate. Okay. I've been able to talk to my daughter who, who's six years old about, we refer to, um, we don't talk about the details of my substance use. What we talk about is it from a disease standpoint because addiction is a disease. Mm-hmm. And explain to it that I was sick and I went to the hospital and a group of special medical people helped me. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. You know, and she can wrap her little mind around that and yeah. actually see a little piece of it because she, she asks constantly, like, why do you work at the hospital? Why did you go to the hospital before? Mm-hmm. You know, and in lieu of having someone else 
fill those blanks in for her who may not be as educated on the topic itself and kind of push her little mind in a different direction, right. put it from a realistic standpoint. It doesn't yeah, mean yeah. I, I don't take responsibility for the actions I've done. Right, right. You know, and that's that's the interesting part is even looking yeah. at that stuff uh, from a family perspective now that I have kids, I have three kids, mm -hmm. and, and doing that and being able to talk to her. My wife and I can talk openly to our kids about whatever is going on in our household. So, and there aren't off-limit topics. And it sounds like that there's a real balance. We did a recovery story with a lady about a week or two ago, maybe, that it was so open and, like, her parents were using in front of her and, you know, at a young age, like, almost encouraging use, you know. So it's like it seems to be that balance where it's, like, kind of a blatant openness versus, like, an educated kind of movie along, like, as you do get older and mature, you know, when you can handle more of it, you know. Well, absolutely. When you look at role models, it comes down to what are they doing because that's what – that's what the people who look up to you are going to do. It's not what they're saying. Mm -hmm. That has to do with anything. It has to do with no matter what, what you're looking at. If you're looking at uh, recovery, if you're looking at child and parent, you're going to mimic what's around you. Humans do that. We yeah. mimic each other, sure. especially people we look up to. Yeah. We're going to mimic their behaviors, what they're actually doing, what they're actually saying. Yeah. We're going to pick up that lingo. And we're going to pick up those actions and we're going to mimic it to the best of our ability, no matter what our age is or the appropriateness of it. Mm -hmm. So what do you think your, your role models were when you were at that age, like 12? Do you think that played into it at all? Or do you think if you had a better role model that things would have turned out better? Or It's not that it didn't have a, a solid role model. However, these things weren't talked about at an early oh, right. enough age. Right, right, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so when they came up, I filled in the blanks. Right. That's what happened. I mean, I, right. I had a, a very, looking at that with my own kids, I sat at, at my son's table with him and listened to the conversations that he's having at a local elementary school. Yeah. yeah. The, the reality of what kids at a very young age, second and third grade, are hearing and talking about on a regular basis, it's mind-blowing. Yeah. at this things that they know and i look back when i was that age like i wasn't going through i had some fear stuff going on but i did not have these details filled in for me mm -hmm. these kids are identifying drugs at second and third grade yeah. wow you know and knowing exactly what their parents went to jail for the, the last week i yeah. mean just horror stories mm -hmm. about what's going on in our local community right mm -hmm. now yeah yeah there's just some things kids just can't handle. I mean, emotionally. No, that creates trauma. I yeah. mean, you're going to have all sorts. You're going to have secondary trauma just from hearing inappropriate things mm -hmm. and kids seeing things that can't, their little minds can't handle. Yeah. Yeah. You're going to end up with a bunch of adverse childhood experiences. Yeah. yeah. Which, you know. And it sounds like uh, that's interesting you say that because it sounds like your home wasn't necessarily ace ridden, wasn't necessarily adverse nope. childhood experience ridden. But there was like some clear communication breakdown, Absolutely. as well as like some pretty heavy burdens that were placed on you pretty early, as well as with that confusion of you know kind of being adopted, as well as you know feeling like you didn't belong. So it did like with even though you weren't like for lack of a better term like ace ridden, you were still had a lot of challenges going on mm -hmm. from very young. And Absolutely, so you get into high school, and are You're you thinking? Are you thinking like when you're drinking? Are you thinking? Like, oh, I drink, like, I don't drink like my friends. They say that, like, you're probably smart enough to see that you don't necessarily drink like your friends. But are you thinking, like, that's because I'm an addict and I have a neurological Absolutely disorder. Not. I, you know? I mean, yeah. that's, you know? <laughs> I use derogatory language with them, but to say you guys ain't tough enough. Yeah. Sure. For sure. And yeah. I went and found people who, who were doing what I wanted to do or yeah. would be okay with me doing what mm -hmm. I did. You know, and it brought me around a lot of, brought me around a lot of people that I probably shouldn't have been hanging around at that age. At a young age, yeah. I imagine the people who are wanting to drink super heavily and who aren't going to give you a hard time about it aren't like 14-year-olds on the speech and debate team. No, they are I mean, not. what are the kind of people you're hanging they're out with? They're graduated high school. Yeah, 18, they're 19, they're doing old, what yeah. they're doing at that age. Yeah, and 30. Whoever was okay with me doing it. Yeah. You know, and I would latch on to these people. And, and you add lack of as much as I can talk, I am terrified of humans a lot of the time. Mm -hmm. So I'm willing to do whatever you need to do as long as I can fit in. Right. You yeah. know, and, and doing favors for, for whoever, doing whatever I need to do. Um, I also had a, a large sum of money at my disposal. Um, and Did you have a job? 
Yeah, I worked, and also I had disability. Oh, okay. Based because my mother was disabled. Oh. So I got okay. monthly checks that, that were supposed to go for, like, you know, what a parent would expect them to go to, like college and all mm-hmm. that stuff. And, of course, it yeah. went to nothing like that. Yeah. It yeah. just fueled whatever I was doing sure. as well as buying friends. You know, I could have them, and that's the thing, I could have a million friends around me. Same time, if you asked me, I'd tell you I had nobody. Mm-hmm. Right, you know, because I never really felt close to people. I was terrified. I didn't know who I was, what I was. So I made up whatever I needed you to for me to be, so I could get what I wanted. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So and that that behavior stuck with me for a long time. Kind of that chameleon. Absolutely. That, that I could be anything you wanted me to be. Okay. Yeah. Wow. So. And so you, uh, when did you kind of either involuntarily or voluntarily kind of at least come to maybe the basic idea that like, man, I might have a problem, you know, or I might not use like, like my use might actually be because I'm an addict or maybe, (laughs) maybe I'm not just like super tough. Probably 2011. Okay. That's, that's well, I spent a a chunk of time doing a lot of exploration. Really? I realized running was the, the, the easiest way for me to, Get away from more of that. I mean, it just makes sense. If, it, if things aren't going the way you want them, just run. Just life riddled with impulsive decisions. Sure. You know, I impulsively decided to join the U.S. military. And it's not a, it's not a, it's not a place you can just say, yeah, I'm here, and then I'm going to leave now. You know, And that happened on a random Tuesday. Dang. I got off work, oh, and I geez. said, how fast can I go? Let's go. Dumped everything I had at my parents' house. Got on a plane. Left three days later. Wow. That was no forethought whatsoever. Just let's go. How fast can we do this? I don't like what's going on around me. Other substances started coming into play at that point. When you went to the military? Before that. Oh, okay. Things were going slow just down here. I had burned every bridge in my route. My parents scraped and saved to save college for me, and I blew that in a four-month period. Mm -hmm. You know, I hopped on a plane, went to Arizona, and in four months I had blown over $20,000. Wow. wow. Just partying. Yeah. Yeah. Just trying to feel okay. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know, and thought the military was going to save me. All this external stuff. Sure. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, and that obviously didn't work. Um, trauma popped up mm-hmm. quite a bit. <laughs> um, also, not knowing how to talk to anyone or fit in in general. Mm-hmm. I fit in with what I knew how to do, which was ways and means to get more. Mm-hmm. That was what I knew how to do very yeah. well. However, I was still semi functional. Mm hmm. You know, and that's the thing with addicts. A lot of people think it's a intellectual disability or, or it's a moral choice where you're just choosing to do bad things and can't you... I mean, it's not a logical disease. It's mm-hmm. not. Yeah. Lots of illogical things. I know some of the smartest, most resourceful humans in the world have addiction. Mm-hmm. You know, and, and that's the that's the thing with it. It's not... doesn't mean you're smart. It doesn't mean you're dumb. It doesn't mean anything. It has nothing to do with your intelligence yeah. level. Because I could score super high on tests. Mm-hmm. You know, I was a medic attached to the 82nd Airborne. And, and I was good at my job. However, I could not make it day to day without picking up substances. Sure. Yeah. Which made me not valuable as a team member. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know? And at this point, are people on your, um, that you're working with, um, I don't know, platoon or whatever, are they kind of like, man, Brett's got a drinking problem. I was like, labeled Brett's as the liability. A... That was my nickname. Okay. That was the liability. Sure. That's and that, they... and you feel, so at this point you're like, dang. I saw that I mean, my that, that... use was not like theirs. Yeah. 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 You know, not and were day. you mostly drinking in the military or were you? During the day. Yeah. 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 Drinking during the day and then whatever I could, depending what part of the country I was stationed at. Sure. Whatever wow. was readily available. Yeah. yeah. Primarily uppers was, yeah. was where I went. Okay. And that's interesting because, you know, you said they labeled you the liability. So your use started, you know, to kind of fill that void of, you know, that non-self-acceptance, really to start being accepted, you know, and to find these places where you could be accepted and ended mm-hmm. up in the, all, in the long run alienating you even more. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. So did I that kind of play into more people. decisions? Like, yeah. I mean, I started losing people when I got labeled the liability. It came down to the point where... They were carrying me home on a regular. That's why their nickname came from. Every time yeah. they brought me somewhere, if I started drinking, it was they were going to carry me home, mm-hmm. and then, or leave me where I was, mm-hmm. which stemmed up a whole stew of other problems. When you, when you, the environments you put ourselves in, when we're using drinking the, the, to the amounts that a lot of us do, 
puts us in a lot of harm's way. Sure. Mm -hmm. You know, and the reality was the people that I trusted to have my back weren't exactly the most trustworthy people Mm -hmm. in general. And a lot of not okay things happened. Yeah. Yeah. A lot of really not okay things happened that created a lot of trauma. And what little trust I had in humans slowly went away. Mm-hmm. Certain events occurred to to the point where I did not trust any male around me. Mm-hmm. And when I got out of the military, uh, well, they, <laughs> that was my first stint through rehab. Was through the, the military caught on that I drank. Mm-hmm. And I drank heavily. And I drank to cope with daily activities as well as whatever else was going on in me. Sure. Which is way more than I had told any other human being. Yeah. Um, and a lot of pe- a lot of people who work in the profession I work in now work very hard to try to keep me, to try to st- help me straighten out, mm-hmm. um, to no avail, no, nothing, nothing yeah. was getting in because I I, ha- I lacked the ability to be honest at that point. Sure, you know all I saw was people who were against me. Um, that progressed further on to my own demise and into just further chronic substance use. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So it seems like it's kind of like uh, you start this to kind of escape from reality. And then as you use, reality keeps getting worse and worse, and then you need to escape from reality more because reality is so bad, and then it just seems to be yeah. like some kind of downward spiral. Absolutely. And it's directly like, proportional to yeah. the problems I'm creating, <laughs> yeah. and I don't like dealing with problems, and it right. goes up and up and up. Right, yeah. and hey, you're wow. really looking for that acceptance, but you get less acceptance the more you go down in the spiral, and mm-hmm. it's kind of like, it just it just really bad, so. <laughs> And along the way, I drug in a lot of people. Um, sure. I still have people in my corner. I, I, I've, all, I've always had at least a couple people in my corner. Mm-hmm. You know, mom and dad I didn't talk to you for a chunk of time. Out of that whole like shame thing, I was like, I'm, it's hard to lie to you guys, so I'm just not gonna talk. Yeah, yeah. yeah. sure. <laughs> so I, yeah. You know where it was half the time. In no, the that makes sense. You know, and, and that was easy for me to do because I learned at a young age if I can just disassociate from the emotions, just turn them off. to skate over them however they didn't go away they just dumped it further 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 and that's substances made that easy for me it's almost it's almost playing out that avoidance oh yeah you've learned to avoid all these topics just mimic it just pretend it's okay do whatever you need to do to get through that moment don't talk about it and move forward yeah however it would come out on people i didn't want it to come out in yeah one time somebody told me they were they weren't like mad at me but they were definitely like trying to make a point and they were like Eric, one of these times, like, you're going to learn that your feelings eventually demand to be felt. And I was like, well, that sucks, <laughs> you know? But that's kind of what it sounds like you're saying, dude. It's like, you know, eventually it's like, you know, I didn't want to feel these, but they didn't go away. And that really, like, that was a hard day. And, they, and I was like, they are? He's <laughs> like, yep. That's and a I'm brutal like, reality. That sucks, dude, because these are hard. That's a brutal I don't want to feel reality. these. Like, these hurt, yeah. Yeah, and, and that was the thing. Like my brain tells me, no, they don't. Yeah, <laughs> we yeah. can stuff them for years. Yeah. However, they come out and, and they they blow up on the people I don't want them to blow up on. Yeah, that's what happens, and, and that comes out in irrational, incongruent responses to normal questions. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You How's know? your day? <sighs> Why would you ask me that? Yeah, you know, that's sure. what my brain. Sure. It's it's always well. What do you really mean by that? Yeah. You know, and it's just. It progressed. It progressed. I mean, it was daily use. Um, so how long were you in the thing, dude? I'm just going to pause uh, that, and yeah. then you can come back later. Pyre. Oh, so he's going to ump. But not. not so you were in the military, and then how do you, and then we were just talking kind of, it sounds like you weren't in the military anymore. How do you go from, how did you go from kind of in to not? Manipulation and uh, negative behaviors <laughs> actually okay. got me out the quickest way possible as a general discharge. Okay. Uh, we don't owe us anything. We don't owe you anything. Walk away. Yeah, leave. Yeah. Okay. So how long were you actually in the military then? Three years. Three years. Yeah. Well, I, that's kind of a long time a to under, be... A little under three years. Two and change. Two and a half. Thereabouts. That so. seems kind of like a long time to be under like close watch and also or like a lot of responsibility but also like not really meeting your responsibilities. Like that, that sounds stressful to me. Yeah. Like I have a ton of responsibilities. However, I'm like not really interested in I meeting spent a lot of I seven months not being able to wear civilian clothes and not being able to leave company quarters. Yeah. <laughs> Which wow. is called extra duty. I spent seven months on it. Okay. And it's... And were you... It's a long time. So that you could not... So they, they could keep you under wraps? Yeah. It, it was supposed to be so I didn't consume any substances. But you still... Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Okay. 
At resourcefulness. Yeah. <laughs> extremely resourceful, extremely manipulative. Yeah. So that's how we sharpen those skills. You know, and that, that was kind of this running joke that we had where you could put me in any situation in any town and I'm going to find out to get what I want within minutes. Mm -hmm. It's I did it all the time. Mm -hmm. so, yeah, um, things didn't get any better when I, let, when I got out of the military. Um, I had a lot of stuff going on in my head, a lot, a lot of cool training that I didn't utilize for much other sure. than negative behaviors. Um, substance use was daily, okay. definite daily. Um, on getting out uh started shooting up drugs yeah that was just the natural progression that it eventually ended up and not everybody does that make things that go route. down hill pretty quick i was already start... going down and i went straight down from there yeah because oh. that's one thing we've heard out and then straight down again and just spread out yeah. straight down yeah because that is one you know one thing that we we hear is kind of like once you start injecting it's like whoa this is like didn't know this could feel this good but then on the other hand, like, didn't know I could make my life get even harder. Yeah, or kill you, know? you, or, those, you like, know. I mean, yeah. Permanent life, long right. medical conditions. Sure. <laughs> Not, they don't put that on the label. <laughs> right, yeah. Could give hep C. Yeah. Be careful. There's, there's a lot of, there's yeah. a lot of damage stuff that can happen with, mm -hmm. with once you start. And I thought because I was medically trained that that made me indifferent to sure. <laughs> all yeah. this stuff. But yeah. the reality, it, it didn't. Okay. You know, um, course my whole thing was my environment was my issue it had nothing to do with my substance use that's what you were thinking yeah like if this i just whole if time. i just ran yeah if yeah. i just so i jumped to and, and this you know i drug i drug a lot of people in there with me there was this the, there was a female who for whatever reason loved the whatever healthy parts of me were left you know and, and i ran her directly into the ground okay what do you mean you know, she was a functional college going like and she followed you to the hell and back. Oh, yeah. Absolutely. Well, and I just ran her right into the ground. Mm -hmm. You know. And well, it was like she would ditch her goals for you. and She uprooted her life and moved to North Carolina to be with me. And I, I completely lied about me getting out of the military. You, you said know. you were still in? Well, I told her I was on leave. <laughs> oh. <laughs> See, this is not a logical disease that we have. No, no, no. You know? And I mean, we're not, uh, yeah. No, you, I mean, we know. I laugh uh, at it now. Yeah, like, no, girl, I'm on leave. Yeah, yeah you cool. know, and just irresponsible yeah. and, and like yeah, just no. not have no consideration totally. for anyone else's, yeah. you know. And she Hard. was able to flourish and function, and, and, and I don't know where she's at now, but I, I do know that she is in a healthy relationship. You know, which you had nothing to do Facebook? with me. I was told by some people. I, I don't really, I don't, I don't want to look at that part of my life. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but I've been told that she's Swear. like healthy and happy. And I'm cool. like, good. She yeah. went the opposite direction of where I was at. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, cool. So, and that's what's cool. That, that was, she's able to detach something I could never do. Mm -hmm. You know, and that was the thing. Like, I didn't know how to, I, I never got broken up with her or anything. I just never got close enough people to have to do that. Yeah. I could just sure. walk away with indifference. Yeah. Sure. So, so yeah, uh, along with uh, lots of moves after that, um, back to Alaska, um, still would fall face first into these awesome opportunities. You know, worked at Norway Refinery for a while, had a super good job, um, decided to impulsively get married to a girl that I knew for a month because um, I thought a marriage would change it. Yeah. 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 And it didn't. I just drug more people in. Um, sure. You know, I took hostages, not relationships. Yeah. <laughs> is basically okay. what I did. Sure. Um, long and short of that, uh, amongst whatever happened with that, um, I got a beautiful daughter out of it. Okay. You know, I, out I, of your marriage. Out of the marriage. Okay. You know, um, it ended when I went to treatment. Um, your marriage did? Yeah. What happened there? Um, you were like, I'm going to go to treatment. Basically, you know, along with, you know, not dealing with, Avoiding avoidance of consequences doesn't mean felonies go away. Mm -hmm. yeah. So sure. or jail time and th those things started, you know, just like in the twelve step community, you do thirty, sixty, ninety days. You know, that's how my jail sentences started stacking up. Mm -hmm. uh, and I started looking at, at, at felony. I got put on. My life was completely unmanageable. Use was just rampant. Uh, you know, they put me on this thing. Is the purest form of unmanageability, which is called adult probation. They yeah. actually put someone in charge of you to yeah. make sure you can follow simple directions. Yeah. yeah. And that we struggle to follow. It's very simple. Yeah. Um, you know, that's where my life was. Um, I couldn't even handle that. Mm -hmm. um, ended up getting an opportunity to go to, go to treatment. Um, I say opportunity now. It didn't feel like an opportunity then. Yeah. However, I, I, there were some major things going on 
with the people that I was associating with. I went to treatment and a couple weeks into treatment, I realized that the guy that was, I considered my best friend at the time and my wife were now, he was living at my house and I, my stuff was going to be outside. Okay. Um, These are people, this is the, this is the things that I don't see logically around people when when I'm under the influence. I just see, Hey, you're the guy I've known for a long time. You're cool. You know, and, and that is what it is. And that's you, like a vulnerable spot in your absolutely. treatment and you're two weeks into trying to... However, when you look at it, the way that my life follows my higher powers will for me now, which follows along with the 12-step program, it was the two hardest people I was going to have problems detaching from. Yeah. That made sure. it very simple to detach from them at that yeah. point. I had yeah. nothing okay. in me, wanted anything to do with that. Yeah. Other than we co-parented our daughter. Okay. You yeah. know, and... and that's what she's six she's six now yeah 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 Yeah. uh 10 17 2012 was my clean date okay you know once i went to treatment was was given that opportunity where was that where were you going to treatment serenity house okay yeah i'd gone through other yeah serenity house here locally where i work now yeah Mm -hmm. um which is a whole awesome thing in itself that's cool yeah as far as the gratitude thing it's just amazing that's gonna feel pretty awesome yeah, yeah, it feels like a, another person's living it. Alumni. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's one of those things. It's like, how, how do you give gratitude to people who showed you how messed up life was and introduced you to a new way to live, which is through yeah. the 12 step program? But how do you give gratitude for saving your life? I mean, honestly, right. like, yeah. I don't know. It's yeah. a little bit every day, but it, it's amazing. Yeah. Um, but yeah, well, that's what treatment did for me. Um, treatment showed me exactly how, because I still couldn't see it. Yeah. I was like, you know what? I got a little substance issue. You know, that's what I got. Yeah. You know, this, and, and the reality, I didn't want to get clean when I got in there. Mm-hmm. Right. I did. I had no intention of getting clean. My whole right. thing was I just wanted to stop going to jail. Yeah. yeah. jail was getting in was the way. Was this kind of a go to jail or go to treatment thing? It was. I mean, the, was it? I didn't have many options. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. The, okay. The courts don't mandate you to go to treatment. Sure. You know, they, they don't. Mm-hmm. Um, they, they make it <laughs> they make it so treatment's the easier, softer way. Mm-hmm. And that's what they did. Strongly I was looking suggest. at a lengthy time. Yeah, strongly suggest. Lengthy time. <laughs> lengthy yeah. time back in the same place I'd been. Or try this thing out. See if it fits. Yeah. And the reality was people in the Department of Corrections worked very hard. Very hard. and made their life very hectic for a long time. Very hectic. <laughs> and But they worked very hard. To keep me alive when I when I was doing everything to not sure, you know, a lot of people in my path worked way harder to keep me breathing and upright than, than, I, than I ever did. Yeah, you know, and that's that's the kind of things that you find when you get into recovery. Those are the things you can start appreciating. The yeah. people who are in your corner, even when you're not even in your when own you, corner, and you're like, get out of my corner. Yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah. when right. you're pointing at them, screaming at them, like a lot of people, it happens when you're going through stages of change. Yeah. You know, it's about those people who stick it in with mm-hmm. you, and they're able to. They're actually able to to be there, mm-hmm. you know. And, it, and it's a mixture of people from all different backgrounds. It's it's yeah. really a beautiful thing when you see the amount of people and the amount of recovery that's actually in this community. Yeah, so. we've heard that a couple of times too. You know, from some of the other people we've recorded with with their recovery stories that the com- the recovery community in Saldatna. One lady said it was nothing like she's ever seen before. Nothing like she even expected. Mm-hmm. Like it is as bad as the substance abuse issue is here, the recovery community is ready and willing to combat that. Just as ready, just as willing. It is. It, it is. It's it's it hasn't always been that way. Yeah. Sure. So uh, but that's what's cool about right now. There are a lot of options to mm-hmm. get help. There's yeah. all sorts of local resources here. Um and that's the thing. As long as everyone can move in the same general direction, we can still keep helping people. Yeah. So, and that—that's what I was able to find here. I was able to do. Um, I was able to find solutions for anything that came up in my life. You know, that came up through and introduced me into the twelve-step community. That was the key indicator because you know what I, the reality was. I can manipulate, fake, and compliant my way through any length of treatment. Yeah. But what I was scared about that I, I finally told somebody in treatment and into a counselor um, was I didn't know what to do when I got out. Yeah. yeah. I was like, you know That's what, in here, I can be whatever you want me to be. Yeah. But I the can reality clean, was can, the second yeah. I walk out of here, I have these ingrained behaviors from these core just issues that are just there. Mm-hmm. They are my default modes. Mm-hmm. And he said, let's restart your defaults. Yeah. You know? 
and, and it's not and you know what that that was the beauty of being around people who understood what it was like being in, in it being in it from an addict point of view yeah they understood it's a daily battle yeah you know but the daily battle doesn't have to be as complicated as i make it mm -hmm. <laughs> simple solutions is what worked it sounds yeah. like you were i know the saying be good or be good at it and it sounds like you were always just wanting to be good at it and yeah, you finally good came <laughs> and you finally came to a point to where like i don't want to be good at this anymore like i don't want to be good at faking these things i want to like be good you know i mean for lack of a better word like yep. i want to be honest i want to be vulnerable i want to learn how to do these i want things. to live my life like well that's where the community resource stuff came in. the 12 step community came in and a certain individual came in and shared a story and my you know what there was a lot of details that weren't the same but all mm -hmm. i knew was that guy ran around scared he was highly criminal i'm like i can relate to that that and that mm -hmm. you know sure. and i was like and, and you know what i don't think he's doing that right now yeah mm -hmm. and that's and, what i want and he made you know? it simple yeah he we i, I do this thing uh, with with people that i work with and yeah. i've done it for a while because it was taught to me we don't set the bar real high we're gonna throw the bar on the ground and we're gonna step over it first yeah. okay we're not gonna aim for the stars yeah yeah because <laughs> yeah. 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 that's yeah. that whole thing that's the easiest way for me to disqualify myself yeah. yeah that's overwhelming i will set a bar high enough so i can disclude myself from doing anything positive yeah yeah you know and that's what i've learned is manageable bites okay mm -hmm manageable bites like what can we do right now you know don't even look in the next 24 hours man look at the next hour yeah that's what i had, had my sponsor do with me mm -hmm. we didn't aim for the stars <laughs> we aimed for yeah. let's go right now because the reality is you only got right now yeah mm -hmm. yeah you know and, and those behaviors as far away as you can get from them physically mentally the reality is they're always right there mm -hmm. there's no way i'm ever gonna forget how to use substances mm -hmm. i know some of the same people i use with are in the same exact places same exact location same exact phone numbers yeah, yeah. i got a couple of them still drilled in my head yeah right. I, i've tried everything i can do to forget that it just doesn't yeah right. I mean, that's a tool set that you learned i mean i mean yep. despite even if they were like like you said kind of negative coping mechanisms those are some in stone coping mechanisms still coping that mechanism. you gotta. The reality is, they're still in my yeah. toolbox, man. They're there. Yeah. That's what treatment did. That's what Serenity DS helped me do. Helped me fill my toolbox up. And the 12 step community showed me how to use that toolbox. Cool. It doesn't mean that every tool is used. Mm -hmm. Sure. There's a whole bunch of stuff. You uh, know yeah. what? We worked on let's just stay clean. We'll work on it, all the mental stuff, any emotional stuff. We're gonna work on that later because the reality right now you can't stay clean working on two things at once yeah we're gonna keep you right now just working on let's stay clean for today that's what my sponsor did for me he showed me exactly how to stay clean through anything mm -hmm. did i heal from everything absolutely not mm -hmm. but i was able to stay clean through it to learn how to heal from it later yeah. Yeah. and that's where the rest of, of opportunities in this area resources that are available to us for any mental health disorders anything else any co-occurring disorders anything else is there yeah you know but the reality i had to make a choice like am i going to do this thing am i going to change how i live and live I, the realities i lived uncomfortable for my whole first year sure not in pain you said you're five yeah. years now I, right yeah okay so that first year was i lived in constant state of uncomfortable because i was yeah. establishing new habits and the yeah. way humans brains work is yeah. we don't just all of a sudden pop up new habits. It takes right. a whole lot oh, of willpower. Yeah. And I felt exhausted mm -hmm. doing simple adult stuff yeah. day to day. Like, you know, going into a grocery store, it was like, all right, Operation Don't Steal Anything. Yeah. That's yeah. what yeah. it was like. Right. And that no. sounds simple to a lot of people. Right. But for a guy who stole stuff for 12 years solid of his life, mm -hmm. it, was, it was ridiculously hard. Yeah. yeah. You know, and, and that was the cool thing. You know, I found people in the recovery community who under, they didn't understand exactly why I did these things, but they're like, I can see you're struggling with this. Yeah. Mm -hmm. It's all right. Let's find a solution for this. Mm -hmm. And that's what we did. We found manageable solutions for all this stuff that went way above just not picking up. Because just not picking, if, if just not picking up was going to fix everything, then detox would turn out winners. Mm -hmm. And the reality is it doesn't. Sure. It doesn't. Yeah, I read this uh, thing once and it said like, Although the addict may like to think this is true, it's simply not true that one can stop using and let that using be illustrated like a tornado. That use is a tornado and let the addict might think that like this tornado can rage for years and years and years and then it can stop, their use can stop and they can walk outside and they're not just be some great massive pile of wreckage oh absolutely but that's not true like there's a like that use was like 
years of a tornado going through. Or you said a hurricane earlier. Yeah. yeah. After a hurricane, there's a lot of mess. And there's the thing, and I learned this stuff, that just because we learn new tools doesn't mean we always use them. Sure. Because everything I learned, my addiction too. learned. Sure. You know, and addiction used to be this big scream. It was just this, do this, just, just this pounding voice. And then all of a sudden it realized that approach wasn't working. Mm -hmm. So it came in from the back door, and it's a whisper. It's, yeah. it's hey, let's be dishonest today. Let's not, mm -hmm. let's not, say, let's not be where we say we're going to be. Let's try some dishonesty stuff. Right. I don't get to live in the gray anymore. Mm -hmm. yeah, yeah wow i don't i don't get to live in this gray area where i have one foot in one foot out sure i've watched a lot of people i've buried people who yeah. live there yeah. you know close people i had you know and, and all joking aside you know that's the reality of this yeah this mm -hmm. ends up in jails institutions and death yeah, yeah. that's where addiction you know and, and it's not for people who want this thing you know it's not even people who need this no it's yeah. for people who do this yeah right. you know i i've, I've really it, it it's not a cool blessing, but it is a blessing. I realize I, I've, I've experienced death through recovery. People, I mean, people wanting people who wanted to get clean and, and they don't make it. Yeah, you know, they're not ready to give everything over. They're not ready to do this. They're not ready to drop all, you know, and surrender everything. Yeah, mm -hmm. you know, and that's a sad reality of this. We see it all the time. And that's something it seems like we've we saw in our last episode we recorded. And that we're seeing more and more is basically whether it be an addict thing or whether it, but I would like to, I would think, you know, I would say maybe a human thing, but I think we're going to see it more with, you know, see it more with people who have these addictive tendencies, who have this addictive temperament, who have the disease of addiction. They're extreme, man. I mean, it's all yeah. in or all out, yeah. you know, it's all in to use full go or it's like all into recovery. This whole one foot in one foot out, it doesn't work well with this personality it's really hard it's really hard um that's where that's I, where the 12 step community jumped into basically they my, said get all in yeah my sponsor said i'm going to teach you how to do this mm -hmm. you know i'm not going to teach you a whole bunch of complicated things he said it's not that you can't you're not smart enough to retain it but we're going to aim you in one direction on this yeah. And we'll see what else comes out. Let your higher power lead you to where you're going to go. And, and everything else is going to fall into place the way it's supposed to be. You know, and that's what we did. We didn't work about, we didn't worry about getting a job. We mm -hmm. said the job stuff will pop up. Yeah. And it did. Yeah. In reality, it did. I, yeah. I mean, I still, to this day, turn down jobs. Mm -hmm. yeah. I just got a good, very good job offer in the last month that, yeah. that I've been able to turn down. And, and, and I have a record. Doesn't make logical sense to a lot of people, right, but right. it has nothing to do with this cool stuff I did. It's this cool stuff that I learned through yeah. recovery. Yeah, you know, it's not new idea. I don't come up with new good ideas. Sure. My ideas end up with me in jail. Sure. You know, sure. Even through recovery, you know, all these things that honestly I never even knew I wanted. You know, I have a beautiful wife that I met through recovery. I have three amazing kids that that I get to actually be present for in their life. These are all yeah. things that I didn't know I wanted. Mm -hmm. You know. And, and that's what's cool. It only caps out as high as I want it to go. Yeah. You know, and the reality, I don't get to know what happens next. That's the hard, that was the hardest part for me my whole first year clean. Sure. Was accepting like, that can I, I keep don't doing get this? to know yeah. this. I don't get to know what's going to happen next week. I don't get to decide what's going to happen because my decisions just, like I said, end up with me in jail. Yeah. You know Was what? there ever that thought where you're like, man... Like, cause like you said, you're such a good, you know, manipulator and you're such a good talker and you're so, you, everything it seems that you've done, you've been good at, whether it be sports, whether it be substance abuse, whether it be hiding things from people. So ever I thought, I was like, man, if I put all that effort and all that energy into being good at those things, how can I not be just as good at the other side? as being this family man, as being no. you know, the person I really want Honestly, to be. Honestly, I thought never that. crossed my mind <laughs> until I, I hit these, uh, in the 12 Zug Recovery community, you, you celebrate birthdays. Mm -hmm. You know, and, and all these people basically tell you where where they've seen you at and where you're at now. Sure. Yeah. And the whole time I'm like, lies, lies, <laughs> lies, <laughs> lies. But the reality is a bunch of people who love me and yeah. the reason they know that doing I'm doing the things that I'm doing is because they see me. Mm -hmm. yeah. That yeah. only comes, the only way that works to keep me in check, to keep my motives pure, is to actually communicate and engage with these people. Yeah. Mm -hmm. It doesn't work just because I show up once a year. It mm -hmm. doesn't mean, I, I mean, that's how this works. It's all in. Yeah. You don't get to be all in or, you know, you don't get to be half in, half out. That's mm -hmm. not how it works. Yeah. That's the first ones that get picked off in a, in a herd. The mm -hmm. ones that are straggling on the outside. 
and there's people out there who were willing to help you. The reality is I had to put my hands up and say, I need help. Yeah. Which sounds like logically super easy, right? But it's not. Yeah, no. <laughs> it's yeah, not. No, no. It's not because no. we don't know where to turn. You know, that was the, the most beautiful thing for me in recovery was just really doing the attitude of surrender. Just sit down, put your hands up, wait for someone to tell you what to do. Mm-hmm. That's what I did. Mm-hmm. You know, and, and that, you know, it didn't feel good. And, and you know what? It wasn't this cliche rock bottom thing like everybody hits. Rock bottom for me was just me, a, a brutal realization to me that was, I have no clue what I'm doing with this. Yeah. With yeah. This, life thing Mm -hmm. i have no clue yeah every positive thing that's happened with me has been new information to me Mm -hmm. my my marriage it's healthy yeah i don't have healthy relationships with any humans i don't you know it's constantly learning things Mm -hmm. and and, you know whether i believe they're gonna work out or not because the reality is i didn't think i was gonna be able to stay clean Yeah. yeah you know i didn't think i was gonna be able to be a parent i didn't think i was gonna be able to be a husband right you know, I didn't think I was going to be able to have a job. I didn't think I was going to be able to not pound nails or, or, or work with metal. Mm-hmm. And I was going to be a laborer the rest of my life because that's all, you know, that's all my head told me I should do. Yeah. You know, because they were easy jobs to get. I can get them anywhere. Yeah. yeah. You know, I never thought I'd have a career for one. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, and yeah. that's what I have now. And Benefits. that's interesting because, you know, you said like the hardest part about your first year of recovery is that you didn't know what was going to happen yeah. you know next week but when you're in you know when you're using and stuff like that you're like oh i can do this next week i can go get this job next week i can get this i'll get that fantasy and this is how it's going to work out <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah. And in your mind, this is how it's going to happen yeah. yeah you more or less thought you had that facade of control rather than actually yeah. have that control if you do that is. that's the point. thing it's not even a control thing because i i don't control the good things that happen in my life what yeah. i do is i turn everything over to my higher power and just do the next right thing and the only reason i found out what the next thing is i ask yeah. I constantly ask people questions. Mm-hmm. As annoying as that may seem, yeah. right. you know, I try to thank people too. Like, I know this is going to sound stupid. I know this, but please just, can you explain this to me? What did yeah. you mean by this? Mm-hmm. You know, my coworkers and, and the people I've been blessed to be around with, I'm sure just like, oh, great. He's asking more questions. Yeah. That's how I have to learn things. Mm-hmm. I have to constantly ask questions and, and figure out how does it relate to my life? How can I use this? And and I've had a lot of people be extremely patient with me yeah. along that way. Because yeah. simple things were hard for me. Yeah, Simple things like don't steal things. Yeah, Very difficult for me. Right. You know, sure. But that's what's cool about recovery is we don't get to, you know, it only caps off where I cap it off at. Mm-hmm. You know, I, if you want to keep putting in the yeah. work and kind of let go of this grand illusion of control, like... Who knows all the good things that can come. I've been my own worst enemy my entire life. Sure. You know, and here's this other cool thing. A bunch of stuff gets to happen and I get to have nothing to do with it. My mom went into remission for multiple sclerosis. Wow. Which is relatively rare. Yeah. Not only to go into remission, but for it to, for lack of a better phrase, go away. Sure. Went from being wheelchair bound. Well, that's awesome. She runs every day. Wow. You know. That's amazing. And then there's this whole thing I found out, like, stress levels. (laughs) High stress <laughs> yeah. ends up, you know, increasing multiple sclerosis symptoms. And you mm. look at how much stress, you know, and that's the cool thing. Like, it has nothing to do with me. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, it doesn't have anything to do with me. Mm-hmm. You know, and that's the beautiful part about you to be present in my life today and experience these things. I used to go home to an amazing family every day. Yeah. And they put up with my craziness in my head. <laughs> you <laughs> sure. know, they do. And, and my coworkers are just amazing. And all the people I get to meet in recovery. Yeah. yeah. You know, that's what chose, had me choose my career. Basically, my, my sponsor I have now asked what I was, you know, what do you want to do? Yeah. I said, I don't know. It's How long ago did you start uh, as a... September. Okay. Yeah. Awesome. Yeah, I went from pounding nails, mowing lawns, running a bobcat to yeah. doing yeah. that. Wow. You know, and that was the thing. I put in a lot of work through the 12-step program. Yeah. A mm-hmm. lot of work through the 12-step. and say, Did you get a sponsor of, pretty early on? Because it's... I got a sponsor. Well, that's another, thing we're, that's yeah. another thing we're hearing is that, like, Super I got a sponsor. Sponsors or like, are for step work. Yeah. Step work is for the 12-step program. Sure. <laughs> that it's really cut and dry. Okay. doesn't mean steps are going to fix everything for you, but what it does, it lists out a lot. A little bit of structure and how to maybe get there to yeah. s- get somewhere positive somewhere different than where you're at sure yeah yeah. you know in a different direction and and that's that was the for me that was the big key to it that's what my first sponsor did for me he 
said, I'm going to, we're going to work steps. Mm-hmm. He said, well, we'll go to meetings together. There's probably a bunch of other cool stuff we're going to do. But the reality, the nature of our relationship is step work. Mm-hmm. Other than that, I'm just another guy you know in recovery if you're not working steps. Okay. That clicked in my head. Yeah, that's that kind of, that's pretty like, cut hey, and dude, dry. Yeah, I was dude, like, that's straight awesome. up. Yeah. That I look at people who, who relapse all the time. And it, the thing that makes me sad is it's available to everybody. Mm-hmm. You know, and, and, you know, I've worked with people who, who, who struggle reading. You know, they got it on tape. <laughs> they got the book yeah. on tape. It's yeah. like, come on, we can do this. Yeah. We can find yeah. a way to do sure. it, you know. Yeah. And I had a sponsor who showed me. He didn't tell me. He didn't, he didn't talk about what he did. He showed me what to do in this. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, and I was, I was blessed to have a bunch of other men and women have extreme patience with me through this and, and teach me, not just by talking, but by showing me how I'm supposed to, how yeah. life could be. Mm-hmm. You know, and that, that's what sparked that glimmer of hope. And you know what? There's a lot of people I still think when I see them, you know, for just doing simple, basic things. Like, thanks for showing up or hey, thanks for giving me a ride when I was walking. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know, totally. simple stuff like that that we get to be present for today. Mm-hmm. So to you, uh, it sounds like you started at Serenity as a counselor. A month later, you had your five-year clean, right? Because yeah. you said October yep. twenty. 12 yep. was your clean date so just about six months ago or so you celebrated five years so you're about five and a half years you're still continually obviously through your work plugged in with uh with serenity um what what are some of before we close up i just what are some of the things that you would say like for people who are trying to get into recovery maybe some like maybe resources or maybe just like some advice and what about some of those people that are in recovery and are struggling you know you said your first year was hard like before we close you know what are some of those like especially for people here on the peninsula mm-hmm. um your local 12-step communities are there okay um and how do and when you say that i know like the na or aa 12-step program yes. how do you get plugged in uh you go to the meetings of the urs club um, or the, the, the URS club. Okay. Um, it's What's in, that? It's, um, it's where the meetings are held. Okay. In Kenai. Okay. It's over in the old Cars Mall. Okay. That's okay. where they go. They have meetings starting at, at 8 a.m., uh, 10 a.m., noon, and every evening they have a meeting. So um, the old Cars Mall yep. in Kenai. In Kenai, okay. right off the Spur Highway. And that's... also the Unity Group in Saldotna runs meetings at noon every day. Okay. So. Cool. There's, there's, there's options around um, getting keyed into the reality. There isn't a specific, I'm not going to say there's a specific Some, yeah. route that everyone sure. needs to yeah. take. Sure. Just totally. keying in, putting your hands up and saying you need help. Yeah. And when saying you need help, the big thing is just be willing to do what's asked of you. Yeah. Okay. you know, I've never been asked to do anything. I've been asked to do a bunch of stuff that's uncomfortable. Yeah. But the reality is I've never been asked at any treatment I've been to at anywhere, you know. I've never been asked to do anything that is going to hurt me. Yeah. You know, no matter what crazy tricks my mind plays, it's just right. going to ask me to do a little bit of uncomfortable things. Mm-hmm. You know, and that's the thing. And then just strap in and get ready for the ride. You know, it, it takes a whole lot of work, but it's not impossible work. You know, the, the biggest thing it took for me, the only reason I ever had any substance use or anything was feelings. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know, you and I were talking about it before. You yeah. know, feeling is the only reason I ever did anything. It's the only reason I ever do anything. Right? Yeah. It's either I want to deal with this feeling or I don't want to deal with this feeling, or this is how I'm dealing with this feeling. Yeah. You know, that's and, and that's what I realized. And, and getting clean put me in touch with those feelings. Sure. But it also, you know, along that same way, when I put my hands up and wanted help and listened to someone direct me how to live. Mm-hmm. You know, it's because my default modes, along with a lot of other people, a lot of other addicts and alcoholics, we don't know how to live. Yeah. You know, putting our hands up, like, tell, show me what to do. Mm-hmm. Simplest thing. Yeah. It's also, it's simple. It's not easy, though. Yeah. Right. That's the thing. Being and vulnerable like that's never easy. No. For anybody. And tell someone I don't know how to adult. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's right. difficult. Sure. Yeah, you know, it's hard. what it is, you know, but that's the thing. It was only difficult the first, like, Sounds weird, but the first hundred times I did it. Yeah. Right. I've literally done it thousands of times. So yeah. Clean. Like, I have no clue what I'm doing. Please help me. Mm-hmm. You know, and, and that's the cool thing. People in the 12-step community have been able to help me with that. You know, a lot of people at, at, at Serenity House have been able to help me with that. Yeah. You know, and I don't get laughed at at first. <laughs> Years later, we'll laugh <laughs> like, about it. Yeah. But why I'm going through it, you know. But as friends, yeah. Yeah, absolutely. 
Cool. Well, thank you so much, Brett. This has been great to kind of hear your story as well as be able to kind of talk about uh, the different resources available and just, you know, every time it's cool because every time we do a recovery story, there's either like some things that people have said that we hear again or we hear that like twisted a little bit, you know, I mean, just kind of like it's kind of the same thing, but a little bit different, mm-hmm. um, you know, just like uh, one of the things earlier was having one foot in and one foot out, you know, like we've heard that before, uh, kind of like ultimately being like, man, I just really can't do this anymore. Um, you know, but every time also there's some new things as well, you know, kind of that first year was scary, you know, um, you kind of have kind of let go of some of that control and you're like kind of turning some things over and not being so like stressed out in in some ways of like trying to control all these other parts. So, I mean, just from a personal note, like it's really cool to just hear because each recovery story is a little bit different and then other times it's like, Hey, yeah, that, that's the same thing that, you know, I was feeling as well. So uh, thank you so much for uh, for sharing your stuff. That was cool. Thank you for having me. Yeah, this is uh, Eric and Aaron and Kobe. Uh, you and I for the Kenai. Thank you so much. <laughs>